Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome back to this holiday special. Today, we are focusing on the university classical play tradition. So we have here with us the creative teams of both UCL and Oxford. Uh, and I'm very pleased that to lead the conversation will be uh, David Bullen. So David is writer, director, dramaturg, and he's currently teaching uh, fellow in the Department of Drama, Theatre and Dance at Royal Holloway. In 2011, he co-founded By Jove Theatre Company, a socialist feminist collective that retells all story new ways for contemporary Britain. His adaptations of Aeschylus, Sophocles, Euripides and Aristophanes have been performed in the UK and in the US. He is now currently working on a book, Great Tragedy in 21st Century British Theatre for Liverpool University Press, and he's um, visiting research associate at King's. So David, over to you. Thanks, Giovanna. Thanks so much. I'm, and I'm really, I'm delighted to be here. This is great. This is fun. What a festive treat to be, uh, after this, this crazy pandemic uh, inflected term, it's so lovely to hear to be talking about theatre of all things. The thing we've, one of the things we've really uh, lost in the last couple of months. Um, uh, but actually that, that loss is sort of our, our, our subject today because uh, where, what, uh, one of the, some of the things we may have lost, but other things we have gained. Um, at, now I, I work on the King's Greek play, the King's College London Greek play. And um, this hasn't been publicly announced yet, but we are, we are doing a really exciting project this year where we're not just staging a Antigone or uh, Oedipus the King or whatever uh, uh, Greek play you'd like uh, in the original Greek or in translation. We're, we're actually using, the students are working together to generate their own new adaptation of, of a play, uh, which is really exciting. And I think that not to advertise kings, but I think that actually is really a, a good context because both of the, I know the UCL and the Oxford teams here have, are doing really exciting new things um, with uh, the, 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 the Greek play projects that have been fairly traditional for the last couple of decades or maybe even pushing to centuries for some of us. So can I just ask the, the UCL team, hi everyone, hi, um, can you tell us you know a little bit about what you're, you're doing this year and, and what, what's changed? Hi so yeah I'm Lewis the director um, of the UCL classical play um, and we're doing Homer's Odyssey this year and we've adapted a translation from Emily Wilson's fantastic text and yeah it's very very exciting I think the fact that this is so, so different from what, what, what one would expect from a classical Greek play or classical play. But it is very exciting and I, I guess I'll pass on to my team as well, so to Ellie. Yeah, hi, I'm Ellie and I'm the producer of The Odyssey. As Lewis said, we are doing Odyssey by Emily Wilson. And the, I think the reason why we decided to go with The Odyssey is just because it hasn't been done before at UCL or at any other university that I've heard of. And we thought that particularly this year, it might be nice to do something a bit more exciting that uh, usually has been produced. Yeah, hi, I'm Zoe, I'm the assistant director. I think uh, the Odyssey has definitely presented like challenges in terms of, of in, in reimagining so much land and so much territory and so much space that takes place. But, but I think we've gone with a really physical theatre approach trying to include multimedia techniques. And so it's just been really wonderful to try and reimagine this, this setting in, um, in, a, in a really new way, I suppose. Yeah, it's been great. How fantastic. And uh, I know at the APGRD, there's been a project working on looking at performances of EPIC for the last couple of years. 
I'm sure Fiona and Justine, who wrote that wonderful book recently, are going to be kicking themselves that they've missed this out because, you know, they wouldn't be able to include this because this is so interesting and so interesting that the, that the UCL Greek play tradition that, as you, as you say, has been doing some interesting things in translation for the last couple of decades, you know, you're now in some ways going back in time, in, you know, Greek time, to before the invention of tragedy, you're going back to epic and and staging that. And I think that's so interesting to, to be able to bring that to audiences, because of course, you know, those those Athenians would have been very familiar with performances of the of the Odyssey. And what a great translation to have to be adapting as well to be to be working from. So now, uh, can I also ask the Oxford team to perhaps to also tell us uh, a little bit about it? Now, I know that your project is shrouded in mystery. So uh, tell us what you can. Uh, again, mysteries are appropriate for a classics podcast, are they not? But if you, without having to, um, you know, give away any of your divine secrets, could you just please um, induct us into what you can? Hi, I'm Marcus. I'm doing a a PhD uh, on kind of like choreographing tragedy and I'm, I'm one of the directors of the Oxford Greek play which yes right is is now a, a, a series of Eleusinian mysteries instead of an actual tragedy so we we're doing Orestes originally we were planning to do this I believe in kind of early November of, of this year and um, so it's kind of like we're marking the the month from which like after which like the play was going to have been performed it's now going to be kind of pushed back and we're looking to have something go out in a very virtual way in kind of the summer term or around the summer term of uh, 2021. But yeah, we, we're kind of really, we're really excited about how this kind of process has been developing because the, it's given us space and time to, to work with some like really exciting translators, which I think we're going to get to talk about in a bit. And hi, I'm Alison. I'm the other director of the Oxford Group Play. There's only two of us. And we, yeah, we're, we're doing Euripides, Euripides, Orestes. Really excited uh, to be doing a play that isn't performed so much. It's a bit of a weird one. It came kind of right at the end of Euripides' writing career, kind of right towards the end of Athenian empire, Athenian democracy. And it's just a super chaotic play. Um, I'm doing a PhD on laughter in tragedy. And this is a play that is pure kind of chaos, humour, and kind of quite an apocalyptic play, um, which feels very fitting for 2020. And I should probably mention that the project was originally called Orestes 2020, but sadly now it's been postponed to 2021. Like so much of, uh, of basically life has been postponed to 2021, really, as a result of this year. That's so interesting. And again, different to UCL in the sense that you know, UCLA are bringing back the Odyssey as if the Odyssey ever went away. But, you know, but, you know, they're, they're staging something that's different from the usual plays that are staged. I know in the last uh, couple of years, there's been a lot of pressure on university Greek plays that are increasingly uh, focused towards schools to, to stage the, 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 you know, the big name tragedies like Antigone and Frogs. And, uh, OK, that's a comedy, but you, never, you know what I mean. Last year, UCL and Kings had our, had our frogs off. We had our two, both doing frogs in the same year. But, you know, so we've been staging the same kind of, kind of plays. And it's so great to have, you know, the Odyssey being staged, but also Euripides is one of his underperformed plays. And I, you know, what actually one of my, one of my favourite of Euripides' plays. So such a kind of bitter play and yeah, so appropriate for, for this year. So I, I, I guess we've already begun to kind of discuss this, but the pandemic has clearly shaped these projects in major ways in the sense that we, you know, we wouldn't be doing 
what we would be doing <laughs> if it wasn't for the pandemic, uh, which is not to say we're grateful for the, that pandemic. But um, I just wondered if the teams could kind of reflect a little bit about on, uh, you know, perhaps how and why some of these decisions came about. Um, what particular pressures did the pandemic put on? What did it kind of reveal or expose about your existing projects that might have led to you going, okay, do you know what, we're going to try something different this year. Um, do does someone from the UCL team want to take this first? Yes, I think um, the main thing was like, I think both mine and Zoe's background was physical theatre. So a lot of that had to be sort of drawn back, um, so to say, because of the obvious social distancing that had to be in place. But in the same way, it enabled us to, to really go into different medias. So we, had, we were able to use film a lot more and we were able to sort of create our own sort of physical theatre in effect, rather than using all this mainstream like bowl or complicity or anything like that, we were able to sort of create our own physical theatre techniques and think about how they could be socially distanced in their sense. I think also, like, um, I, I quote P uh, Peter Brook quote here, like, you know, a, a man can take an empty stage and so long as there's someone watching it, it doesn't matter where the space is, it's still theatre and it's still drama in its essence. And that really is the key thing, that no matter how, how drama or theatre is performed, it doesn't have to be on a stage, it can be in any medium whatsoever, it can still, <laughs> it's still theatre. And so long as, it is, as someone else is watching it, that is the key thing. Yeah, and I know Zoe's done some really cool stuff with the actors. I don't know you want to talk about Aeolus, Aeolus for example. Um, yeah, I think the social distance when it comes to choreographing something is definitely something that we had to take into consideration, but then also created some really beautiful images in itself uh, that I think was always surprising because you want to have the freedom of choosing proximity or distance but in, in a way, it was almost, you were given an answer. You, you, you were given, it will have to be a, a distant kind of, almost more, it was more mysterious in a way, I think. Um, but yeah, we did a lot of Aeolus, we did a lot of Aeolus' scene where we played with wind. I think that's something else that was really brilliant about the social distance, <laughs> distance of the choreography is that we had to play with elements and we had to play with this sort of, the, the elemental changes in the play and the mediums of water and air. And with Aeolus, we had this, um, we played around with plastic bags and sort of passing um, the wind from, from plastic bag to bag. And, and, um, and that was really cool. And I think I would never have, I don't think we ever would have really experimented with that if we hadn't known that it had to be something quite spaced out. So yeah, definitely a positive that came from that. That's so interesting. That's so interesting. I mean, I'm thinking about the, the, the French director, Ariane Manushkin, talks about the the corset that you have to put on a piece of work uh, and actually that corset is might might be restrictive in some sense but it gives you the shape to which you then can create and and, and actually it's it's within that framework that's actually a, a generative it's productive and so it sounds actually as if the pandemic has helped create a kind of corset for you for you you know for your project and actually so interesting that with the odyssey you're, of course you've got so much fantasy to stage you know you've got so much uh, that we wouldn't normally get in the kind of dramaturgy of, of, a, of a Greek tragedy, certainly. Maybe some Greek comedy gets there, but uh, yeah. So and how, how are you dealing with some of the, can you tell us about Charybdis? How, can you tell us about these things? Are you able to give us some spoilers? Tell us what you can. Yes, I mean, I, I guess for um, Charybdis, the, 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 the whirlpool, for example, we sort of <laughs> have many ideas and sort of all scattered in the air at the moment because wondering what is allowed on the actual day of performance. But a lot of it is using fabrics and sort of using the actor's physicality 
So how can we get these sailors not to be transformed into this Charybdis, but to be affected by Charybdis? So how do we portray them, you know, having been involved in that whirlpool? It's a similar sort of idea with the sirens. Like rather than having these physical acts of sirens who sort of trying to overtake the sailors, how do we have these sailors showing they are being overtaken by the sirens? So sort of flipping on its head and thinking rather about who's affecting them, how are they being affected? We're sort of using a lot of um, Laban's movements as well, so Laban's efforts. I really think about, okay, so as an actor, how, how are they feeling? You know, what, what, what are the different spaces, different sort of time? So there's a lot of different uh, theatre practitioners that we're using to really sort of bring out this physicality within our actors, which uh, they're, they're, they're appreciating at the moment. That's so wonderful. That's so wonderful. And I'm so glad to hear that this project is inviting, you know, some really interesting and deep engagement with some um, theatre making processes. Um, how, how, that's fantastic to, to, to hear. I was really struck by what you said about that actually the, the ambiguities of what's actually going to be allowed on the day. Um, you know, that, and I wondered if we can, you know, use that to kind of turn back to, to Oxford, because I know that, you know, you're the project that was, I think, in some ways, the most disrupted by the pandemic immediately, because, as you said, it was meant to be earlier this year. And so, you know, there was no ambiguity in some ways about what you could, could and couldn't do, and they just couldn't do it, you know. So can you tell us a little bit more about how the pandemic has kind of shaped the process for you? So the pandemic, well, lockdown actually began probably about a month before we were meant to be hosting auditions and to kind of getting the show ready to go up in November. We had a kind of plan all set out. We had an amazing team on board who are kind of all still on board at this current moment, who are all incredible. have been with us kind of throughout having to constantly adapt. We were saying the play has kind of been a bit like this prehistoric animal that just has to keep adapting to survive it's like some kind of deep sea sponge or something but we yeah it's it's been it's been really tricky um because obviously we were kind of really getting ready and ramping up and beginning to kind of commission people to work on different different sections so like set lighting we're beginning to have all these kind of practical discussions and then the pandemic hit and obviously no one was sure for a really long time whether it was sensible just to postpone for a couple of months or whether it was kind of a cancelling situation. So it's been really, we've been playing it by ear for quite quite a long time, but now kind of finally we feel like we're in a position to be able to make some kind of um, absolute decisions about what we are and are not able to do, which has been positive. Great, that's, yeah, so interesting. So interesting that, you know, it, it keeps making me think about we know that there was play going on in, in Athens at various points. Uh, I wonder to what extent was it there was this ambiguity, you know, served up to Euripides and co, you know, was it, were they saying, well, you might go on, you might not. Uh, I, I wonder, I wonder. And I wonder what, what the decisions of those Athenian government members re- reflects on, our, how that reflects on our, our government. But anyway, let, let's not get into that. Maybe that's too much. Do, does anyone else have anything to add? Marcus or, or Elena, do you have anything to add uh, about, about this? about any of the kind of pressures that have, 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 have shaped the project? Yeah, I could maybe jump in and say that um, the pandemic, well, because we don't really know whether there will be any more lockdowns in the future and what exactly London will be when our play will be performed. We've took a decision to make our play um, film-based. So um, as opposed to performing it on stage and having a live audience, what we decided is um, that we're going to film certain scenes and then put it all together into a film. 
And then this way, by streaming this film, we could reach a much wider audience than we usually would be allowed to. So instead of like schools coming in from, I guess, nearby London, um, we would actually be able to reach perhaps students or um, or, uh, like general audience, even outside of the UK. That, that's so interesting and yeah as again that, that kind of the, the ability to be able to turn to film uh, in this time and and use that to kind of interact with what normally would be a purely theatrical process is, is, is so interesting. Marcus did you have anything you wanted to add to that? Yeah I was I was just thinking exactly about what, what uh, Elena was saying in regards to that that idea of, of working with film and, and that kind of process of engaging with this with this medium and and we found we, we found kind of along the way of reforming, reshaping, or kind of trying to find the gap into which this kind of, this project could could fit in the, the modes of kind of theatrical process that we could work in that like film would be something that that could be really exciting. We actually went through like a whole stage of uh, of planning to like, you know, scripting and, and you know, friend of the friend of the podcast, like Estelle Badu is, is like, did a little advice with us on, on dramaturgy and because this was something that was kind of new to us with working with these ancient texts. Uh, and so we had this like whole film planned out. I mean, really like the kind of, we we kind of started to embody in a kind of terrifying way, some of the modes of like, of Orestes. Like it's this play in which these people are facing up to these like, you know, horrible set of circumstances that is partly outside of their control, partly driven by the gods, but also partly that they've made decisions that have led to these kind of like chaotic instances. And I'm not saying that Alison and I like, decided to like overthrow a government or like kill our mothers or capture Helen or any of this kind of stuff. But, you know, we have like all of these potential projects that like are living within this, this kind of process. And I think that's something that we're trying to work with at the moment, right? We always wanted to do something that, that used movement. The project came out of the Beyond the Text workshop with Stu and Leslie and Mary Louise Crawley. Um, I'm, a, I'm a dancer and, and a choreographer. Um, and that's kind of like the, the mode that I normally work in. Um, and so we, we like really wanted to engage in a project in this way. Um, so like the film felt like a really great idea. And, and unfortunately that, that, that isn't going to be possible for us in the way that we hoped it to be. But we're going to still want to work with these kind of virtual modalities or modes of doing theatre. Um, and I think one of the things maybe that I just kind of like add as well is like we, we're trying to find a way at the moment to kind of respect, take care of to like use this like repertoire of uh, like material that all of the incredible people in our team have like been developing. Like, how do we keep hold of that? All of the work that we did, you know, over Zoom calls, like in lockdown in, in June, all of the all of the plans, all of the costume designs, all of the music, we have music from our incredible composer, Win. How do we take care of that? Keep hold of that? And also make something that that works within the kind of like the virtual kind of performance uh, practices that are being developed, you know, by people like Theatre of War, right? Because you were talking about the plague of Athens um, and how theatre went on. And that's that's something that I think they engage with in their production of, of, of Oedipus. But also, you know, something that I think by Jove have, have engaged with. I mean, I should also probably note that I'm like, I do work with by Jove, artistic associate there. So like this, this plug is like not, it's like, it's also, you know, I can't pretend to be doing an objective plug here. <laughs> um, that, yeah, by Jove engaged with these at-home theatre practices, right? Thinking about how to stage Medea on, on YouTube. So we're trying to work in, in that mode. I mean, this was a long a long ramble, but I feel like that's kind of what this this kind of process has felt a bit like. Well, uh, do you know what? I'm just so glad that, you know, amongst the pressures that have been placed on the Oxford Project this year, neither Marcus nor Alison have decided to kidnap anyone or 
you know, burn the building down as Orestes and Electra and Pallades decide to do in that play. We'd have to end up with Oliver Taplin coming down as Apollo to sort it all out, I think, uh, to tell you, go back, just do the Eumenides, just do the Eumenides, or Orestes at Athens, as, as Oliver uh, has it. Uh, that, this, is, this is great, this is great. Now, you know, in, in February, uh, the Kings did, uh, did a, a, a play um, which was a mix-up, a mashup of, of, of Bacchae and, um, and frogs. Uh, and it was apocalyptic. It was about the, the, the future. And only a few weeks later, uh, we went into, into lockdown. So I'm not saying that, that uh, you know, Kings uh, predicted the future, but um, I, we did not predict the future uh, in, in that production. But in any case, one of the things that was really exciting about that project was the fact that um, quite separate to the pandemic, you know, we had been deciding at King's that we wanted to do something uh, a little bit different after uh, 70 odd years of staging plays in Greek. And that project involved, you know, students devising really their, their version of frogs that, that was that portion of the, of the, uh, the play with a little uh, help and shaping from me, but broadly it was led by them. And uh, that was hugely exciting for me as a theatre maker because that's the mode that I work in, as Marcus knows, our work in Padrova is very much driven by devising, driven by collective creation, rather than one person writes a play and we just stage it. So, you know, that was that was really fulfilling for me artistically. And it strikes me from, from, from the things that everyone has been saying here that actually, while there are lots of pressures, lots of worries, lots of lots of problems with this process because of you know the, the anxieties of the pandemic, actually there's some really exciting things going on. Some really exciting opportunities here to, to bring in disciplines and skills uh, and ideas to bear that perhaps normally wouldn't get a look in in these in these kinds of projects. So I wondered if um, and perhaps we can start this time with with Oxford. Uh, and go and go to UCL. If we could talk about what what's got you most excited about this project, about what about what's the thing that's been most fulfilling for you in in, in terms of the unexpected surprises of of, of this uh, this new pandemic version of the Greek play. Yeah, sure. Thanks, David. Um, I think for us, it would definitely have to be our translation process. So one thing that the pandemic did buy us was a lot more time than we had intended to spend on the project. Obviously, we we're going to go up in November. It's December now and we're still working on it. We've been working on this show for a year plus now. It's yeah, it's the never ending show. But uh, we were kind of looking at some potential translations to use as surtitles uh, while we perform the play in Greek which were all quite expensive. But then when we realized we had a lot of time, we realized that we could produce our own translation. Uh, so Marcus and I decided that we would do the kind of bulk of the work for the subtitles and kind of just translate in our own time. But for our four favorite sections of the play, we would commission uh, some artists to write. And we put out a call for collaborators and we had loads of incredible responses, people wanting to work on the play. Uh, and we ended up commissioning four incredible artists who are Antoinette Drakes, Max Tristan Watkins, Ina Tara and Nicolette D'Angelo, who are all incredible writers uh, to work on kind of our favourite sections of the play, which are uh, right at the beginning, the Electra monologue, also the Apollo monologue at the end, uh, and a couple of scenes in the middle, the Orestes and Pylades scene, and there's the Trojan prisoner of war scene as well. They were just the scenes for us that were most interesting from a kind of reception history angle there was kind of scenes where we thought there was something 
kind of interesting about them that didn't quite sit right with us about the way that they've been performed in the past and we kind of wanted to intervene in the text in these particular areas um, and to kind of definitely give the platform to other artists to kind of get their take on the play and their voices across um, but it's been great it's it's fantastic we have like at least six people working on the translation of this play so it's a real amalgamation of voices kind of two of our other directorial principles as well as movement have been incongruity and accumulation and this is kind of all coming together in our translation even though we can't put on the play we kind of wanted we're going to have this translation that's a real amalgamation of different voices and perspectives and also is kind of this accumulation of everybody's kind of different takes and opinions um yeah we've always said that the play is kind of like being on twitter just like hearing loads of voices like screaming into the void um and i think we're going to be able to capture that in the translation if not in a kind of staged irl production Amazing, amazing. And uh, if there's any Greek tragedy that's that's equivalent to Twitter or equivalent to that kind of uh, bitterness you're talking about, that it's Euripides Orestes, you know, that, that kind of cacophony of voices um, is so interesting. Marcus, did you have anything you wanted to, to add to that? I guess um, the only thing I'd, I'd want to add, because it was, I mean, thank you, Alison, for, for describing this kind of, this really exciting part of the project, is that we, we were really focused on trying to do something queer with this, like to, to use a kind of like queer way of doing theatre. Something like, I guess, you know, really important for me is like a, a queer theatre maker and a queer practitioner, that this could be something that we brought into, you know, into a kind of quite kind of traditional space. Um, I mean, we, we were really inspired by the, the work that UCL have been doing, that to do these incredible performances for years now in, in translation in really accessible and exciting ways. You know, people uh, like Helen Eastman, um, doing work as well on these kind of really exciting kind of uh, rambunctious like versions and of course uh, the work that was being done at King's um, and so we wanted to like take that and, and use that energy and like and kind of doing this kind of queer way of like engaging and interfering intervening with the text making it making it feel political you know originally it was really going to be about climate crisis staging climate crisis um, and now we really kind of feel it it can it can be a way of staging and, uh, and engaging with the kind of you know the the horrible kind of like institutional power or power structures that Apollo like represents. Like you said, you know, let's go back to the humanities. Come on, like let's fix this. So that's where we pick these scenes. Orestes and Pylades, right for its its Tumblr fame. You know, this kind of like soft, tender, like queer Tumblrness of it all of that like the the interactions that they have between each other that get shared widely. And then of course the Prisoner of War because it like Alison said it has this reception history, but it also has quite a, a racist reception history, one in which it really becomes about othering um, the prisoner of war and really about making that difference about a kind of sense of like a power imbalance, power structure, kind of a colonial moment of capture and encounter. And then we really get to see that in the incredible like translations uh, of Apollo and, and the Electra monologue that, that, that bookends. So, I mean, yeah, just super grateful to be working with these awesome artists and getting to do something hopefully a bit like with the Oxford Greek play. Thank you so much. That that's that's great and and so great to hear that uh, you know hear about this kind of project. Okay, well that's it's so interesting, and I guess there's going to be a different range of challenges uh, with for the UCL project. But I wonder if you could, Lewis, Elena, or Zoe, whether you could re reflect on on that for us. Uh, what 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 were some of the kind of the, the things you got you excited about this project? I think probably the main thing that got me really excited is actually just to do with working with the people that are part of the production team and, and the cast. I think also I started to see theatre as a real opposite place to what's happening in the world as a sort of really uniting force. And I think just because there's been so much, there's been a lack of like much stimulation going on, especially in person, 
it's just made me think anything anyone does is amazing. <laughs> and I'm uh, just so excited to work with everyone. And, and when, when things do go right and when you, you get a scene that's just really beautiful and you hit on something, it's just so exciting, so, so exciting. It's because it's sort of like the highlight of the week. It's the one thing you've gone in to do and everyone's really excited and everyone's happy and everyone's just sort of deprived of human contact. <laughs> so it's just, it's been amazing. That's been really amazing. And I mean, I just think the team is so talented. So all of that's just been incredibly moving and, and I feel so lucky to be working with these people in times like this. So I think it's been the contact that's been really exciting and, and just working with other people. Yeah, definitely. Our, our actors and prod team have just been fantastic to work with. And I think the fact that we are sort of the one confirmed thing happening some, sometime in February in whatever medium, it's sort of meant that people are, I've got a date in there about working towards something. It was like we, we, were, we were in the theatre a couple of weeks ago and it was quite cathartic actually just being back in this sort of empty theatre and seeing what they're doing with it, all the social distancing measures that are going in place. And it was, it sort of took us back quite a bit. Um, I think on the other hand, I think people are so, so important. And I think we've always got, always got to think for these for these, these university Greek and classical plays, they are student heavy and they are student emphasized. This is what we are all aiming towards. And so it's really enabled us to, to sort of turn around and sort of get back to the foundations and think, okay, so how can we best help students during this time? And how can we best help them, you know, be it through A-level, GCC or just through general interest? And we're doing a lot in terms of education there. We're really trying to think, okay, so how can we best help them through the Greek play to to do this so I think people as a whole is, is the best way to sum it up. I would probably completely agree with Zoe and Lewis but um, personally for me like for Alison I think that choosing a translation of the Odyssey has been the most exciting part of the project so far. So we decided to choose Emily Wilson's translation just because it was quite relevant to the modern um, audience. Like Lewis mentioned um, our target audience would probably be young people like relatively young people and perhaps those who are just a bit less aware of the classics. And we wanted to, I guess, um, stage the Odyssey that would be understandable and appealing to everyone. Because um, I think that a lot of people do think that um, some classics and some like um, quite, I guess, legendary people like Homer can be, uh, can be a bit dry. So um, by choosing something that was a bit more radical or a bit more modern as a translation, we wanted to um, just make sure that everyone could understand the play that we are staging and everyone could, I guess, be able to identify with it. Yeah, that's, that's what, a, what a, uh, you know, a fantastic sentiment there. I, I mean, absolutely, there's, uh, you know, there's, I think, in some ways, such a perception around the, the tradition of university Greek plays that it's a little bit kind of navel gazy, you know, in its tradition. It's, it's, it's producing plays sometimes in, you know, languages that few people speak you know, for perhaps a very select audience or for a, a sort of initiated audience, as it were, people who are kind of just, just very interested in that. Um, and, you know, what's so interesting, and I, I know that's not really been the case, especially at UCL, especially at uh, King's and, and, and Oxford, and indeed Cambridge, for, you know, for the last couple of, of, of years. And I know, so all, all of us have been challenging that in, in one way or another, but what's so interesting 
here is that this year there's been a, an additional challenge, as, as you're saying, Elena, you know, an additional kind of uh, reminder that actually these plays, these texts, these myths are, you know, can be really interesting. They could be made to find relevance in, in, in the contemporary world, in, including our very fraught contemporary world. And that, or perhaps more importantly, the people making it, you know, the, the students making this are, 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 you know, fantastically innovative thinkers who are drawing on, you know, theatre making methodologies. It's about, um, uh, uh, you know, th there's actual kind of professional theatre making practices going into this. And indeed, you know, for many of these projects, there are professional theatre makers working, you know, in, in being involved in it. So how great thing. And actually, that's a really lovely sentiment, I think, for us to end on, Elena. So thank you so much for, for, for that, for kind of teeing us off. So yeah, thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure and uh, yeah it's, it's been a pleasure for me to do this thank you so much for inviting me Giovanna to come, come and have this chat it's a lovely little final uh, treat before the kind of festive break thank you David and thank you everyone this is so exciting so exciting to hear and and I'm very much looking forward to watching all these new very exciting and unconventional uh, new projects that are going on now I know that you can follow the developments of these projects on social media so the UCL play you can follow uh, what they're doing at uh, UCL Classical Play 2021 Facebook and uh, they're also on Instagram at UCL Greek Play as well as uh, the King's um, project that David mentioned the very first for the very first time I hear uh, so that's and you can follow the developments of that at uh, King's Greek Play and you'll definitely be kept uh, uh, updated on the Oxford uh, project as well. We will send an update uh, through the APGRD. And thank you so much everyone for being part of this. This is very exciting and uh, very looking forward to, to seeing these plays. Thanks again.